Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the TABC Podcast, where our goal is to equip God's people to restore all things back to Him, one person, one place at a time. My name is Jordan Steinman, and I'm your host, as well as the student and children's pastor at TABC. On each podcast, we do our best to tackle an aspect of faith that affects the spiritual lives of those attending TABC by speaking with someone who has boots-on-the-ground experience with our topic. This week, we're talking about worship with Robert McCall, who leads worship here at TABC. Robert has been with us for just under a year, but he's got a big personality, and if you've been around TABC for any amount of time, odds are you've had the pleasure of bumping into Rob at some point. This discussion was so good for me as far as answering questions about worship that I didn't even know that I had, and hearing Rob's perspective on things was really, really helpful. So I hope you'll find this useful too. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump in with Rob. All right, so we're here with the real Robert James McCall. James Robert. Either way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Rob, uh, you lead worship at TBC. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people see you on stage, but can you just take us through who you are as a person, not a worship leader, okay. and maybe your story of how you kind of got here to TBC? Yeah, sure thing. So, uh, hey there, everyone. My name's Robert. Uh, James Robert is on my birth certificate, but you can say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Um, my, uh, my wife Shay and I moved up here from Austin about three and a half years ago. Um, I was working as a worship pastor there for, uh, we were at that church for five years doing worship for two and a half. Um, and yeah, we moved up here so I could work at Dynamic Discs. Um, I've kind of been in church my whole life. Um, yeah, since, since forever. Uh, dad was a youth minister and now he's a preacher and, um, yeah, just kind of got into uh, just kind of got into worship all through middle and high school. Um, for whatever reason, music just clicked with me. I don't know why, um, but it did. And when I kind of figured out, hey, this is a a way that I can serve God with something that He's given to me. That's kind of where worship came from. So, um, so yeah, that's who that's who I am. And uh, yeah, my wife is seven months pregnant right now. So we're we're preparing for life to change a lot. Uh, but yeah, that's where we're at. Very cool. So this podcast, we're talking worship today. Yeah. And you are the worship leader at TBC. Right. Um, you said you've led worship in Texas. Can you just talk about some of the experience that you kind of bring to this position? Sure. So, um, yeah, the, I started leading worship, um, instrumentally with a friend in college he is a far better guitar player and singer and uh, person than I am. <laughs> but no, he's just, he's the coolest dude out there. Um, he was leading at a devotional when we were in college and uh, just asked me if I wanted to help him. And at the time, I hardly played guitar. I knew uh, just a couple of chords. But he said, I don't care. Just come and, just come and work with me. And so, yeah, we did that for a couple of years together. He taught me a ton. Learned a lot during that time for sure. Um, so I did that in college. I continued to lead that while I was there and then through uh, a decent bit of grad school. Then when uh, I moved from Abilene to Austin to work at the church that we were at, Westover Hills, um, I was the middle school youth minister there, and I saw a pretty... Uh, o- oof, from experienced right. middle school leader. That's brutal. A- <laughs> brutal. Get me out of there ASAP. No, it was it was actually great. I, I loved, I loved uh, working with middle schoolers, but... Um, me, me too, for the record. Guys. Yeah, that's right. If... If you're giving at 12, just know. <laughs> um, no, no, but uh, there was a pretty big void in um, 
worship in the way of music for middle schoolers. And I, it was just kind of like, hey, I can do this. I've done it before. Let's do this with the youth group. And um, it kind of started with that. I, I worshiped with them a ton. We had retreats that I led at, um, then started doing it with a high school. Then we did a, uh, we have a second through fifth grade uh, elementary camp that I started doing it with. And then from there, it was just anytime we had any need for worship stuff that wasn't in the Sunday assembly at the time, um, I was kind of in charge of it. Then two and a half years after we, or after I started there, um, we started doing a, a much bigger worship production. We where I was at an acapella church. Um, what I was leading was instrumental, but we started having an instrumental service in like big church, right? And we'd see about 1,200 people on a Sunday. Um, so I was part of the team that helped make that service happen. And then one of the worship leaders, and then we had a South Campus as well that I was responsible for leading and then leading worship at also. So yeah, that, that's pretty much that. Cool. So you talk about kind of getting your start leading worship for students. And I mean, I have zero musical talent, but it is so cool getting to be in the room with students who are just authentically worshiping. I mean, that's yes. that's like one of the things that just gives you chills. And it's so cool because it just comes from such a real place for them. So I can imagine that was really super fulfilling when you got to do that oh, yeah. with kids. Oh, yeah. There's there's nothing like that. And I've I've got a note later on for, for one of the questions that, that you and I talked about. Um, but, but yeah, there, there's nothing like worshiping with teens, with children. Um, I mean, adults too, but when there's just nothing holding them back, right. it's like, oh, it's, it's incredible. Yep, one of my favorite things to do. So can you just tell us briefly as we kind of jump in here, you could, I mean, Rob, you, anyone who knows, you know that you are a man of Maybe not many, but several talents at least. I mean, you do thing. You, One point five talents. <laughs> you do. I know a couple of things at least that you do really well. You can do a lot of things with your life. So why do you choose to lead worship? Why? Do, why was it your vocation for so long? Why do you still choose to give a significant part of your week to it? What is it about leading worship that like is worth it for you? Sure. Um, for me, it comes down to like think of the parable of the of the talents, right? Um, when. Uh, I know that at that time they're talking about money, but we also, we think of it as talking about like spiritual gifts and, and using those to, um, uh, to multiply and to, uh, and to make more of the kingdom of God. And for me, um, music has always been a gift of mine. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't ask for it. I didn't really practice it. It just kind of happened. And once I started, once I realized that I understood it well, then I was like, well, I'm, uh, here's a side note. I get into things, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't do stuff like halfway. Right. I'm either all in. Yeah. It's like Andy Bernard. He said, Andy Bernard does not <laughs> lose contests. He wins them <laughs> or he quits them because they're unfair. <laughs> That's me. I'm either, I'm, I'm all in on something or I just don't really care about it very much. Right. right? Um, and so for me, when I realized that music was, was something that I understood, I kind of dove into that more and understood it more. And then, um, I, want to use the talents that God has given me any of them to serve in whatever way that I can. And that was just an easy one. Um, yeah. it, I mean, there's a straight connection. You know how to do music. You understand it. Here's we, we do music in the corporate setting. So I started doing it. Huh? Yeah. I feel an offshoot podcast, uh, coming. Yeah. Sure. The, the gospel according to the office, I think is our yes. next project. Yes, you're welcome in advance for as that. Soon as, we, as soon as we wrap this one up. 100%. So the reason we're, we're kind of diving into worship here is because, I, I mean, as just a worshiper who's in the audience, I feel like there's no 
great place to voice my questions about worship. And as somebody who's gone to church for a long time, I've never really felt that. Okay, yeah. Maybe with a pastor, for whatever reason, it, it's not hard to grab him sometimes or to, to get in his office and be like, hey, I got a question about this passage. But for worship pastors, like, I don't know. I never felt comfortable approaching anybody in worship and asking the questions I I had. I don't know if I was intimidated or I didn't yeah, want to sure. look dumb or whatever. But I, I can't help but wonder if other people maybe feel similarly. Um, like we've, we maybe got some things we're not sure about, but we don't have a, a, a place to ask those questions or hear those answers. So hopefully Sweet. that's what today can be. Sweet. Well, I'm an expert. A little so. bit. Excellent. That's why we brought you in. So I have, a, I have a bachelor's and a master's in church ministry, which makes me an expert. Uh, obviously. That's a joke. Right. I, I do have those things, but I by no means value myself an expert. I have I'm half just kidding. of those things. Am I half an expert? Is that yes, how? Okay. That's correct. You, you have half the expertise that I I'm going to remake my my business card to say that yes. for sure. Student pastor slash half expert. Half expert. Yes. Point five. <laughs> So Rob, could we just start with some basic questions that I think a lot of us are probably thinking about yep. worship, but maybe maybe don't boy. So first of all, just simply put, I mean, this is the most basic question you can ask, Rob, what, what is worship? Yeah, so um, I think a lot of people think of worship just as just as music when we, when we talk about it in a church setting. But for me, worship is, um, it's our adoration of God. That's, that's what it is. So that happens in the church building while we sing, yes. Um, but it also happens in, I mean, yeah, an infinite amount of, of other places uh, in our lives. Um, yes, in the corporate worship setting, but also when we're driving and when we're with our families and when we're by ourselves. Um, so for me, worship is our adoration of God and the, the way that we express that no matter no matter where we are. Mm-hmm. It Yes, it is music, but that's just kind of one aspect sure. of it. Sure. Can I ask you a follow-up? Yeah, please. In your life... How how do you see yourself worshiping outside of the Sunday morning setting? Because people might might look at their life and not know where that happens. But for you, what's that look like? Sure. Um, so, I would say that the biggest things that I do to to worship outside the worship setting is um, uh, personal time in in prayer and solitude. Um, I'm not great at those all the time. I'm pretty solid at them most of the time. Um, when when the rhythm of my life is in sync with what God is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ways that I see intentional worship in my life. Um, and then that kind of leads to a subconscious worship that happens um, hmm. that happens when I'm not really thinking about sure. doing those. Like I'm not actively praying. I'm not actively spending time in solitude. But the, but the things that I'm doing as a result of spending that time sure. are also acts of worship. Yeah. And I mean, we, we can get to that a little bit later on, but... Um, those are the, those are the two big intentional ones. I'm I'm a pretty big breath prayer, so um, so throughout the day, when I've just got downtime, I'll just have a have a phrase in my head, or yeah. a word or two, and just as I breathe in and out, just think that, say that. That'll kind of be what I do throughout. That's the day. That's super cool. I yeah. just became familiar with the breath prayer, like in the last six months. I had never heard of that, but that that's a super cool thing. Yeah, awesome man. Uh, Rob, why why do we worship? Why is this so important that we give it such a big part of Sunday morning all the time? And everybody does this. It's not like some churches do it. Like, why is this such a big thing that we do? Yeah. Uh, so worship in our lives is really um, a recognition of God's presence and and His His blessing in our lives. Um, so, like I said, that can happen everywhere, and it does happen everywhere. Um, as you're talking about worship, worship is one of the ways that we recognize God's presence in our lives. And the way that I think of it is kind of like food. Um, people process food in different ways, right? So 
Um, some people are really drawn to presentation and they're like, oh, this looks so beautiful. Some people are really drawn to how this is portioned um, because, you know, they're trying to portion control and all that stuff. Some people are drawn to um, sweet things, to savory things. Um, there's a there's a sense in there called umami that's like the savoriness of right. food. Yeah. And for me, worship in music is just one of those ways that we interact with God. But, mm. it, but for me, it's a, it's a different than some of the other things that we do. And I think that having, having all of those, or at least some of those kind of rounds out the, the whole idea of worship. Um, so for me, music and worship is just one of the ways that we worship, but I do think that it's an important one because it helps us to experience God in a little bit different way. Mm. Well said. Um, yeah, I don't expect you to identify with this because you're on the spiritual mountaintop, Rob. Well, yes, but thank you. But us, us spiritual peasants yeah, right, sure. who come to church and aren't feeling it sometimes. Oh, sure. What do you do with that? I walk in the door and I just had a fight with Kate or my kids. Just right. spilled, it's like Hypo- Hypothetical. This hi- would never actually happen. If my wife and I ever fought hypothetically, Kate, that never ha- happens, we know. But what do I do with that? Yeah, sure. Um, this is this for me is a lot like how we interact with different um, types of entertainment. I don't I don't think of worship in the corporate setting as entertainment, but like think about when you go to a concert, right? Um, some sometimes when you go to a concert, you know every word and you sing every word, and you're like yelling at the top of your lungs. And sometimes you go to a concert and it's real kind of moody and like synthy. Uh-huh. You're like, okay, this is cool, but like, what do I really do? Uh-huh. I just sit back and kind of listen. So like, there, there are a lot of different ways to interact with with music and worship, and I don't think any of them is necessarily wrong. We'll kind of talk about a caveat on that at some point. Um, but even if you're not, I'm going to air quotes, feeling it that day. Um, just because you're not singing words doesn't mean you aren't engaging in worship. There's a lot of different ways to engage in worship. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know because there are days yeah. where the Steinman family is not feeling it sometimes. So That's fair. It's good to know that we can still bring glory to God in well, some way. I look out from the stage and see when you're not feeling it. I always see and like I get, And I get mad. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. you. You make a note like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's two weeks in I a row. Play, I stop playing briefly <laughs> and get, get my chalkboard out and tally. That's what that is. I knew it. <laughs> uh, no, I don't do that. Rob, let me ask you, how do, I mean, this might be a silly question, but how do I know when I'm worshiping? Like, what's the difference between just singing along in the car or worshiping, or maybe I'm out, I'm not even at church, I'm enjoying nature. Right. How do I know I'm actually worshiping God? What is that? Yeah, cool. When do I cross that threshold, I guess? Sure. Okay, so I think there's, um, for for a lot of people, this kind of splits into two ways, and I alluded to this earlier. So um, you can worship intentionally and like, Spiritual disciplines are a great way to do that, right? So um, singing and worship, great. We, we all know about that. Praying, great. Spending time in solitude, spending time in the Word, um, doing, doing different prayer practices, fantastic. It's obvious when you are intentionally worshiping because you know what's like. You chose to do this right now. Um, but then I think as we do that, as we kind of bring ourselves more in line with, with God— we begin to worship unintentionally, like subconsciously. And that really kind of comes from the overflow of what's in our heart, right? Mm, so so yeah. Matthew 12, 34 says, uh, for 
out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. The context isn't perfect for that because then he says like he brood of vipers and get, he gets after people. But right. really what, what's at the heart of that is what you put in is what's going to come out. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so when we worship intentionally, whether it's singing by ourselves, whether it's singing in corporate worship, whether it's praying, when we do that, I think it kind of fills us with something that allows us to worship subconsciously. Then that may look like when you're driving and somebody cuts you off and you would normally be <laughs> very upset with them. Right. Instead, you show them grace. Sure. Um, when you are having a conversation with someone who you don't agree with and you know that you're right 100%, but for the sake of them feeling valued, you just listen uh-huh. and just say, okay. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of ways that we can worship and acknowledge God's presence and blessing in our lives without sitting in front of that person and being like, I am going to pray for you. That's not, I don't think we always worship on purpose. I think it's something that becomes a rhythm of ours as we spend more time doing it intentionally. That's so good. You know, God tells us that we come to the Bible, we come to his word so that it can renew our minds, right? So that we can actually be changed as people. It's not some kind of behavioral modification thing, but the more we encounter God's spirit in his word, we are actually changed and as that change happens more and more inside, that sanctification begins to leak out to the to our actions and our and our thought attitudes, right? Yeah, hundred percent. That's exactly what I hear you saying. So that's cool. Okay, last of these kind of questions: um, Why do some people raise their hands when they worship Rob? Is that like a? Am I missing out on spiritual points if mm-hmm. I don't do that? You or? are. Because I, I need all the, all the ones I can get. There's a secondary checkboard of hand raisers and non hand raisers. <laughs> no. Um, I, this is just like the same thing as a concert for me or um, or if you go to a sporting event or um, when you are when you're engaged in something that you aren't personally doing. Right. I think there's a lot of different ways that people interact with that. Like I'm a big time like I love music. I love hearing music. And if I go to a concert where I um, where I really just want to listen to all the intricacies I'm probably not going to sing the words as loud as I possibly can. Instead, I'm going to like focus in on what's happening. Sure. Shay's not like that, though. Shay, uh, here's a great example. We went to a Dave Matthews concert. Oh Shay loves goodness. Dave Matthews, right? She's been to a bunch of concerts. I've been to a few. I had no idea. She's all about it. Now, this was this is kind of in a former life at this point, but she still you know, enjoys it, right? Man. Shay, oh, am, I, am I not allowed to love Dave Matthews? As a, no, you are. Okay, good. No, you totally Excellent, are. Because I, I thought my face is in jeopardy for a minute. No, we just haven't like... We just haven't been in a while. Yeah, sure. Okay, but when we did, yeah, Shay is like a senior heart out, right? Dance until the sun goes down, and then well after the sun goes down. Shay kind of. seems like the kind of person if I feel it, I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna express it. Shay's the best audience on planet Earth. Like, <laughs> if something's funny, she's gonna laugh at it. If something's dumb, she's gonna be like, "Oh, that wasn't that great," <laughs> right? She's fantastic. Like she gives you real feedback, and it's and it's genuine. It's fantastic. Yeah. So at concert, she's like a big time like. Dance, sing, right. shout, move around, all this stuff. And I'm just trying to like listen because Dave's doing some stuff on the guitar that I'm like, yo, this th- things are happening. <laughs> okay. So we just, we interact with, we interact with concerts uh, kind of differently. And I, th- that's how worship feels to me sometimes huh. is that there's not a right or wrong way to enjoy a concert because like it might look like Shay is enjoying the concert more than I am, but Inside, I'm like, dude, all these neurons are firing. I'm like, dude, this is so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was so cool. Wow, wow, wow. Um, so th- there's just a lot of different ways to engage with worship. I don't think that any of them is correct or incorrect with how you respond with your body. Sure. Right? You can sing, and that's that's great. 
You can raise your hands. That's great. You can clap. That's great. You can dance around. You can jump around. That's great. Um, but you can also just sit there and listen. And that's also great. Sure. It's really just about kind of where your heart is. That's so good. So does that mean we can expect you to finger pick like Dave this, this yes. Sunday that you're just going to be uh-huh. just uh-huh. all over? I'm going to become a virtuoso between Good. now and Sunday. <laughs> that's the next level. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. That's excellent. You know, sometimes on Sunday morning, you you do this cool thing where you talk about palms down, palms up. And if you've been yeah. at TVC, you, you know about that. But So we won't go into that. But can you just talk about how sometimes what we do externally just informs or maybe affects what's going on inside of us? How that can even kind of like put us in the right mindset or jumpstart us yeah. in that way. Cause I find that stuff super helpful. I'm with you on that. So, um, a lot of times in churches we're, uh, maybe it's a stigma maybe it's just tradition, but we're kind of, I don't know, um, like unintentionally trained or we, we feel like we should be prim and proper and uh, buttoned up and as like, serious as, as we can be. Um, and so a lot of times that, that means that the way that we express how we're feeling with our bodies isn't really what's reflected in our hearts. And then that also works the other way. Like, because we have such a rigid, uh, shape of our body, right. Mm-hmm. Um, then our, our hearts can kind of feel that way and our interactions can, mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess follow that. And right, so sure. when we do the palms up, palms down thing, Allowing your physical posture to reflect what you want in your heart, I feel like makes a big difference in, mm-hmm. in how you interact with God in that way. Um, so that's why like I, I try to challenge people that if you are uncomfortable with, with a physical posture, try it just once. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times they'll go kind of hand in hand where your your heart is in one place, your physical posture follows, but then you change your physical posture and then your heart can kind of come behind and follow too. Um, so yeah, palms up, palms down, a great one. Raising your hands, like I wasn't always like that. Um, but once I started to, there's a, there's a kind of, I don't know, a bit of liberation in that oh, yeah. like, this is like God allow your presence to be here. Sure. Flow over me. I, I'm surrendering. Yeah. I, I think that's really cool. So yeah. So I think that can, you, you might have just said this, but just to reiterate, it, it can work both ways. It can be an overflow of how we're feeling. My yes. hands are up. I feel free. Also, it can kind of be a sort of jump start where I'm going to do this physical yeah. thing and my heart's going to follow along. Yep. I thought what you said, it was our, I think it was our first Sunday of online service, which please never go back and watch that service. No, I don't. It was, we it, struggled. It was a work in, in progress, but, but it went well. But what something you said was so great that day. And I, I think you probably remember it was just. Sometimes we sing because we believe, and sometimes we sing to believe. That same kind of thing. Until like, you believe, yeah. Or until you believe, right. Like, I need to kind of jumpstart my heart in this thing and let God start working on it. So Right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to, even if, you're, even if you don't feel like you're in the right place, doing something because you're so convicted that this is right. Yeah. That, that your heart will follow and right. it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. You know, it's like the first time you start lifting weights, like, sure. you know, I should start lifting weights, but you get back from the gym and all you are is sore. Uh-huh. You're not stronger. Well, you don't look stronger. You don't feel stronger, but you're sore. Right. But as you continue to do that over time, you'll notice like things are changing. That's not, that's not a mistake. It's because of something that you're doing and that you're doing regularly. Sure. So that's how I feel about worship. Sometimes if you're not, if you're not totally into it, yeah. Do it until until you're sure. Yeah, you know, allow that to work. And it's something that, that probably takes a certain amount of discipline, I would imagine, as well. That if we just walk in and kind of follow our feelings into worship, it's like 
I may not get a lot out of this, but if I if I realize, okay, I'm gonna discipline my mind and my body a little bit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this in hopes that it jumpstarts my heart and my soul this morning, then it just seems like I can get a lot more out of it. Yeah, I'm with you on so, that. Very cool. Um, have you you know Tim Hawkins at all? Do you like mm-hmm. dude? I'm Tim familiar. Hawkins has a great bit about worship, like okay, hand yes. poses. I won't go through the whole thing, but it's so good. Just if anyone wants to, just YouTube Tim Hawkins worship. You will not be disappointed. He's got like the different hand raises, so it's like it's like the hold my baby, it's like the Mufasa, nice. it's like oh. the field goal pose. So yes. he he's way finer than me, so it's it's actually good. The Mufasa a classic. The Mufasa is a classic move, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um there's the fishes. My my fish is this big, my fish is this big. It's, it's a whole thing. Like it's a whole that. range. I like that. Okay, can I move on to maybe some questions that maybe our audience doesn't realize they have? Yeah, sure. But when I ask them, their minds are just going to be blown by like whoa! By I didn't realize I wanted to know that, but I do. So, I'm in. really, these are just questions that I had for Rob, and I hope they connect with all of us. But the first one I ask you, Rob, is what role, if any, do kids play in the adult worship service? Just like period. Yeah, I mean, should they be in there? Should they not? Is there any benefit from having oh, yeah. them in there? Like. As a worship leader, what is that? What are your thoughts? Oh yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, great question. I I understand the reason that we we send kids to do their own worship sometimes, so that we have something that um, you know is a little bit more understandable. Not every word that we say from stage uh, will be as relatable to a second grader as it will to a twenty year old or forty year old, sixty year old. But mm-hmm. um, but I love having kids in the worship setting. And worshiping with kids, just kind of like the, the youth camp that we talked about. That was, when I used to lead that in Austin, that was one of the most impactful worship experiences I've ever had because kids, it's like kids don't know how to be proper, right? That's exactly right. They they just they just do they it. They just are. Yeah, they just, they just go, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, it's like when a kid learns to run, they don't slow down when they're getting close to something. Uh-huh. They slow down by hitting something, you know, like, so they, they don't know how to, how to moderate themselves. And there's something so special about that in worship. Right. Um, so yeah, at that, at that children's camp, when we just heard, like we break, listen, like do a verse of acapella or a chorus of acapella, like we do here often. Um, there's, there's nothing like hearing a child's heart that's in line with God. Uh-huh. Um, and I think there, there's something that we can learn from that, and and that when they when they sing and when they worship, they do so with abandon, as if nobody else is really around, and and they're not concerned about anybody else. And we're really good at being concerned about right a lot of other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So having that said, you know, having kids that cry sometimes, we may think, oh, that that stinks. They're they're interrupting the sermon. But man, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it. Um, I'd have them in there every chance I could. It's 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 well worth it for the occasional cry or scream or whatever. Yep. To be able to, see. yeah, me too. Yep, hundred um, percent. Yeah, man, I just couldn't agree more. And I know at TBC, we've tried this fifth Sunday thing where we get kids in there sometimes, and I know that's a high priority to us. And as soon as COVID lets us, we're going to do more of that. But it just teaches. I feel like it teaches me so much when I'm worshiping alongside kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does Jesus say? You got to come to me like a child if you're going to come to me at all, right? right. Right. And so just to be next to them and everything you said is so true. To just see them, it's almost like, it's not like, it is convicting to be, mm-hmm. to just see the abandon and the, the truth and the spirit they worship with. And it's like, God, I wish I could worship like I was still six. Right. Yeah, when did I stop doing that? Right. Is yeah. a question to ask. You it's know? exactly right. Yeah, that's good. Wow, okay. 
Um, Rob, is there any is there any wrong way to worship? If I am kicking chairs over in the middle of Good okay. Good Father, okay. am I outside the lines? Am you, might, I... you might want to rein in the rain chair kicking. The... <laughs> we, we have some published best practices in worship. <laughs> kicking chairs is not on the Dang list. It. Okay. Uh, no, okay, so I, I would say, is there an incorrect way to worship? No, but with a caveat. Right. Okay, so like, like I said with the concert thing or a sporting event or whatever, a lot of people respond to what's happening in a lot of different ways. Um, and I don't think there's really a bad one of those. The only time that that really, for me, crosses into incorrect is when your heart is in a place other than worshiping God. Um, so that might look like... The, the crazy thing is you might be doing the same thing as somebody else, but for the wrong reason. So if if you and I are sitting next to each other in the worship setting um, and you have your hands raised out of conviction that like you are surrendering your life to God, and that's mm-hmm. fantastic. And I have my hands raised equally as high as yours, but it's because there's a girl sitting next to me who I want to impress with how spiritual I am. Mm -hmm. That would be a wrong way to do it. Mm. Um, Also, I'm married, so that wouldn't go over very well. (laughs) Several things wrong. (laughs) She should already, well, she's probably no longer impressed with me, but at one point she was. Uh, No, but I I think as long as what, what you're doing is coming from your heart and in a heart of worship, like Mm. you are trying to connect with God and praise him for the way that he's blessed your life and, mm. and has provided for you. Um, I don't think there's a wrong way to do that. As somebody who worships not from the stage, I, my guess is, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that the biggest barrier to worship is getting people to forget about what everyone else is seeing yes. and just focus on their own heart. Yes. And I feel that yep. weekly. So so for the person who has has trouble not thinking about what the person next to them is thinking about. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some tips to just kind of like help us let that go a little bit and, and worship freely? Yeah. Um, so so here's a, a bit of information that Shay and I talk about often, especially like when we get to worrying about something at work or conversation that was had that we were like, oh man, were they talking about us? Or um, I'm, I'm sure if you're, if you're listening to this, you've experienced this as well. Um, but people think about us like exponentially less than we think that they do. Yeah, that's so true. You know, um, it feels to you because you are you that anytime someone's saying something that might possibly be about your life, wow, they're definitely talking about me. And sometimes they are, but it's not nearly as often as you think. Yeah. Um, and so for those of you who are, you know, intimidated to kind of let go and worship a little bit, if you're, if you're scared to sing, if you're scared to lift your hands, if you're scared to do even palms up, palms down, um, you need to know nobody is looking at you and thinking, wow, how weird, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you don't do it, they're not thinking, wow, you're, (laughs) you're really not engaging in worship. They're, if they're doing what they're supposed to do, their heart is, is set on God and trying to connect with him in a corporate worship setting. Right. Um, and so it probably doesn't feel this way, but man, people just really aren't focused on, yeah. on what you're doing. That's so true. Mm-hmm. And the way that we create a healthy worship culture here at TBC is, uh, is just by one at a time, everyone getting their own heart right. Yep. There's nothing that, that I can do to make you or the person next to me. Right. It, it's I take care of my own heart mm-hmm. and then God begins to work in me and it spreads, right? Like we got to police ourselves. It's not yeah. about anybody else. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I would say the, the only benefit of looking around while you're worshiping 
is to be encouraged by other people doing the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not to judge. It's not to hope that you're not being judged. Right. It's to look at believers of God who aren't afraid to worship like that. Yeah. I think that's really the big benefit of looking around in a corporate worship huh. setting. So TBC, if you guys see me looking at you while you're worshiping this Sunday, I'm not judging you. I just I'm just enjoying the worship. Yeah. You know what's kind of creepy, Rob? Is I really do like to watch people worship. Same. 100%. I think it's really and I, cool. And I get a good seat for it. It's like, yeah. it's kind of crazy, but it's re- but it's really cool. You can tell when someone is engaging in a different way than they normally do. You're exactly right. Because we, I, I've been on staff here for a little under a year now, but helped out with worship for a little longer than that. And I mean, you, you see lots of people and it's not because I'm paying attention or anything. It's just this person normally raises their hand. Sure. This person normally closes their eyes. And it's really cool to see people interact with worship and specifically music in a different way than they normally do because you can tell something something is different something's happening that's really cool for me to see yeah i would never say anybody by name in fact i don't even talk to shay about it it's just cool to get to observe people interact differently so i love i but for me to watch i've got to like turn my head and watch people so it's a little Mm -hmm. creepier but so i try and walk that line of like i'm trying not to be a creep but i really love seeing the people of tvc worship like it's super it's super neat. So please don't be creeped out by me, guys. If I, yeah. if I, if we like lock eyes while you're worshiping, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll quickly look away. But just please know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to creep. You can be me. creeped out by Jordan for any other amount of reasons. Right. It's totally yeah. fine. And you know, we talk about those people how people generally aren't, aren't t- thinking or talking about you. You should just be uncool like me, and then people will really never talk or think about you. So it's just like, you can just guarantee it. It will just improve your life massively. <laughs> That's good. I like yeah, that. Excellent. Rob, is there a certain way that God? wants to be worshipped like is Mm. anything i bring to him what he wants or is there something that pleases his heart more than something else um man i i think that we're supposed to worship with our our whole selves with our souls right so more than just more than just one way more than just music more than just praying um really with yeah with it with everything that's that's in us is how he wants to be worshipped um that can take a lot of different forms but the most important part is that it's a connection with God and, and not with somebody else. Um, when, when we're singing, it's not about doing it perfectly. Uh, I mean, the people on stage don't do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said I've the wrong... I've to talk to you about that, actually. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I've said the wrong words countless times. I've sung wrong notes. I've played wrong chords. But that's that's not what it's about on stage or off. It's just... It's about your connection with God. Hmm. So anyway. That's such a theme that we see throughout the Bible too. I mean, God wanting our whole selves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really not about the product. It's really about the heart motivation behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And you just see that all throughout Scripture. So why would it be any different in worship? That's that's really excellent. Yeah. Can I ask you a question that kids ask me all the time? Sure. And, and I don't have a great answer for it, so I'm going to listen to your answer and then maybe copy it. But if God is so powerful, almighty, eternal omniscient answer whatever you want there why does he want me imperfect jordan worshiping him why does why is it why is that what really does it for him is that so important okay sure um for me our relationship with god is in some ways like our human relationship it's not always but in some ways it is and one of the big ways that i think our relationship with god is like a human relationship is in our communication um if if Shay and I never talked, we would have a terrible marriage. Um, 
so so for me it's like in my relationship with Shay if I observe Shay do something well I want to tell her because it's like I'm proud of that person she did something great I want to make sure she knows that I care about what just happened right even if it doesn't do anything for her but just acknowledge that somebody saw something cool um yeah I I, I want to acknowledge that hmm. and I think that's one of the ways that that we can interact with God well is if we are supposed to have an ongoing relationship, one one that's about communication, you know, where we can we can hear from God when we pray, when we uh, when we read the Bible, when we spend time in solitude, we also need to to be able to give some communication. And worship for me is a is a fantastic way to do that because, uh, is it Romans eight? Uh, the Spirit intercedes for us in, in groans that words cannot express. Oh right, yeah, right. Um, I I feel like at least at least this is true for me that there's a lot of th- things that I would love to be able to to say to God and and that I would love to reflect how I feel or what I think but at, I'm just not I don't have the words that are sufficient to do that hmm. but in but in worship for whatever reason because because there's music attached and because there's I, I feel a bit more of emotion attached to it it kind of intercedes and is like hey I'm I want to communicate how excited I am that I get to be in this relationship mm-hmm. for all the good things that you've done. Because like I praise Shay when she does things well, God has exclusively done things well. Like that's mm-hmm. a, that's another thing in Romans eight, you know, um, uh, for, it makes all things work for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Right. Um, that's, that's all that God has done is, is make things uh, work to our good and for, and for his will. And so um, when we worship, that's part of our communication. It can't just be a take, 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 take. Um, it's not, it's not a parasitic relationship, right? It's a mm. symbiotic one. You, we need to be able to give something to show our, I don't know, our appreciation of what, what God has. Not, yeah. not need as in like, if we don't, everything's over. Right. But th- that, that's why I like to do it is, yeah. is because I'm just showing God, I, I appreciate what you've done. I'm, I'm acknowledging that in my life and the lives of others. And that's what we were created to do. Yes. I mean, you look at people who aren't following Jesus they're worshiping something with their lives. Correct. And they're pouring out that adoration for something. Right. Whether it's verbal or financial or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's just so, it's so natural. God made us that way. Yep. And he intends for us to give it back to him. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, that's really good, Rob. Sure. Can we, can we move on to the next? This is my favorite section I wanted to hit with you. I can't wait. It's called Advice with Rob. Ooh, nice. Um, we're going to give out your, your cell number. And actually, people can just ask you advice on random things. Mm-hmm. All day long throughout their day, if that's okay. Go ahead and shoot Rob, it on should over. I drink chocolate milk or white milk? Should I get this medium rare, rare? Chocolate milk. So you're going to blow up after this. Medium rare. But specifically, and that there is a right and wrong answer with that. Uh, that no, sure. that is the, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's not subjective. Um, Rob, can you give us some advice here? Can you give advice to people who don't really enjoy the singing aspect of, of the worship service. So they maybe don't like enjoy singing around others. Sure. They come and for whatever reason, they're, they're kind of silent during the worship part on Sunday morning. Right. Uh, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is that I think people think that we are thinking about them a lot more than we actually are. And the, the same goes for us. And so um, I've heard a lot of, some of my favorite people to worship with lifetime are really bad singers. And that is coming from someone who loves music and understands kind of how, how it should work together. Um, but because like 
their their singing almost feels more meaningful than mine sometimes because they're aware like this doesn't sound good mm-hmm. to to all of us here but they don't care and that like that <laughs> idea oh that's such a cool idea to me right yeah um so so if you're if you're concerned about singing around other people one people don't really care what you sound like yeah um even if you know if if you can't nail that perfect harmony or sing every note that's sung on the stage or whatever that that, that doesn't matter that's not what we're here for um and so i would just encourage you if you if you're scared to sing around other people one it's not about sounding good but two man like we're not really here to sound good sure you know i i have to assume that um that in heaven when you know when when the angels are singing that they probably weren't perfect singers here yeah but everything is made whole there you know and so yeah. like that's that's how i feel that kind of god's filter when he listens to us is it's just like this is perfect this is my child huh. worshiping me yeah um so yeah don't worry so much about other people and just do your thing yeah yeah one of like a, one of my favorite guys hands up jumping in the back <laughs> uh the worst singer like literally yelling but i will stand next to him and worship every single day because right, it's reckless abandon yes He's there. Yeah. Like, he's in it. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, Bob, his name's Bob. He's my man. Yeah. So are we starting the mosh pit this week or next week? Yes. Please this week. Okay. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Specifically during Good Good Father. Right. Yeah. The most intense of worship <laughs> songs. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Rob, can you give us some advice on how to worship with our whole lives? Because um, we've just talked about this concept today, but give us some like real practical steps on, on how to do that well outside of, you know... Sunday morning. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I, I would have to circle back to what we do intentionally when we talk about um, spiritual rhythms and, and spiritual disciplines. When you are intentional about doing things that bring you closer to the heart of God, those things are acts of worship. And then what results in them is a changed life that kind of does acts of worship on its own. Um, so... I would say one, just be more intentional about your time spent in the word, your time spent in prayer, your time spent in solitude, um, your time spent, uh, you know, in, in music worship. And that, that can be something as small as like, you know, throwing a, a Christian song or two to your playlist throughout the day. I, I honestly believe that I, I, I think this is absolutely true that there is, um, spiritual death to be, to be found in songs that aren't specifically Christian songs. Oh, sure. Um, I think that's definitely true. Then there's the other side where, okay, there's probably not any depth <laughs> to be found in this song. Those those are the songs that I try to just leave out um, because it's not doing anything beneficial for sure, me. Sure, yeah. Um, and it's it's not doing anything beneficial for for my relationship with God. So, yeah, um, yeah throwing in a, a a couple of you know extra worship songs here and there, maybe some new ones that. Um, you haven't listened to much because I think they make us listen to the words a little bit more instead of just the melody. Um, but that's just, that's a really practical one. For me, it's just getting down to those spiritual disciplines and doing them, doing them, doing them until you're a changed person because of it. Huh. And then you do them some more and then you change some more. Right. Yeah. That, that's, it's a journey. It's like you don't arrive at that. Sure. And I think one of the biggest mistakes you can make is thinking that some people have arrived there and being discouraged because of it because I'm not there. Right. And just realizing what a process this whole thing is. Yeah. And that sanctification is never ending. Yes. And it's going to continue on and on and on until Jesus comes back. So, right. Well, the sanctification is a great word for it because that, that literally means to be set aside, to be made holy. Uh So like, yes, you are set aside, but then the, the part of that says to be made holy. It doesn't say 
set aside because you're holy right. and, and you did it. Like there's, it's not a sense of achievement. It's a sense of and now I keep going. Yep. Now I keep going. Like the, the most spiritual people that I've been around, the, the wisest people that I've been around are people who kind of have their eyes opened even more than me to know just how far we are from God, mm-hmm. just how, just how long of a way we have to go to kind of be more in, in tune with him. Huh. And it's, it's a really interesting like journey that they go through where, um, it's kind of like one of those things where like, you don't know what you don't know. Sure. You know, um, right now it's like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. But as you get closer to God, it's like, wow, God is so much more powerful even than I thought. Yeah. It's even more that I didn't know. Hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's a journey. It's not a destination. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Last thing, Rob, can, can I get your advice on what do we do when there's a worship song and maybe we don't agree with all the lyrics or maybe there's something yeah. wonky in there and it's cool. like, uh, I got to think about that before I sing it. I mean, what, what do I do with that yeah. on, a, on a Sunday morning or even just in my car listening to sure. whatever? Super good question. Um, I, think, I think those types of songs are worth having a conversation about and just asking somebody who you trust just to flesh it out with you. Um, if it's, if the reason that you disagree with it is based on something that you know from the Bible, like let's have that conversation. Cause mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very interested, especially if it's a song that we sing corporately at 12, I am very interested in making sure that theologically what we're doing is bringing us closer to the heart of God. Um, I want to talk about that. Hmm. But if you disagree with the lyric because of maybe a, a preconceived notion that you have, based on a tradition that really isn't something in the Bible, I think you really need to look inside your heart and ask why, why don't you like that lyric? Why do you disagree with it? Hmm. Um, there's also, I mean, there's something important to think about when it comes to context. Like some people, some songwriters have lyrics written in a certain way to reflect how they're feeling in a certain moment. Um, and that might sound different in our circumstance than it was in theirs. So trying to understand the context, and I, I think honestly being filled with as much grace as we can is really important here mm. because of the songs that we have written today, um, zero of them, to my knowledge, were written by um, people who wrote books of the Bible. As far as I know, I'm not an expert. Um, I, you know, maybe with the exception of like the Psalms. Okay. But, um, but I mean, if, if a song was written in the last several hundred to a thousand years very good chance not <laughs> written by someone who was bib- like inspired by god to right. write scripture yeah so so there's a chance that it's fallible well, tomlin is inspired well yeah 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 right I mean, saint tomlin <laughs> that, that's correct of a cc no but i think just having grace in that and, and being understanding of where people are coming from is super important and at the end of the day if you don't agree with it you don't have to sing it um but it might not be worth ruining for somebody else if it's something that really speaks to them and isn't harmful based on what's written in the Bible. For sure. I don't know. Something to think about. Like most things, there's a tension, right? With almost everything, yeah. there's a tension. We don't, we don't want to mindlessly sing things and yeah. not think about what it Just because it sounds cool or, yeah. We also don't want to nitpick every lyric. Yes. Um, so there's a middle ground there. Yep. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, as we wrap up, we're almost done here, but just a few things about TABC worship yeah. in specific, if we can. Um, I guess the question is, why do we worship the way that we do at TBC? And could you maybe even like put a name to or describe the worship style of TBC a little mm-hmm. bit for 
both people who are here, maybe yeah. who don't go to TBC, just in your own words, kind of? Yeah, super good question. Um, so our worship style, I haven't really thought about putting a name to it, but I'll tell you what I try to think about when we when we get worship songs ready for Sunday morning, um, that we want to live in kind of the, the middle ground of allowing people to connect with God and, and facilitating that connection with God without being distracting. That's, that's my whole goal when we're on the stage. Um, and there's a couple of ways that the pendulum can swing to, to keep that from happening. There's, there's the side where, um, man, the band is obviously not rehearsed at all. And, um, you know, the singers are, they have great hearts, but just like, you know, can't really carry a tune. Garen has given it way too much egg shaker back there. That's it's right. Just... Yeah. We've, we've, we've shook the egg too many times. <laughs> no, no, but, but I think that it's just disjointed uh-huh. and, and in a lot of ways, like that can be distracting sure. to people connecting with God. And so we don't, we don't want to swing that way. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think there's, there's something to be lost when, worship is too flashy and too perfect um, to where it is like a concert where all you want to do is listen because it's so incredible. Uh A lot of times those, those settings are ones where, you know, the musicians are world-class and they're incredibly talented and they go on these, you know, runs where it's just like, I could never do that. Um, But that's not where we want to be either. And it's a little bit lucky if, if I'm leading those, cause like, I just don't have that capacity. I'm not being self-deprecating. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding, finding the middle ground of making sure that we are practiced enough to help people connect with God. We want to be the best that we can be in that way without showing off in a way that would keep people from participating participation and connection with God is the goal. So that's mm. what, that's what we're about. So that's why we choose the, the songs that we choose, that's why we choose the lighting that we do. The lighting's pretty minimal. Um, it's usually dim, and that d- decreases the probability of distraction, especially if you're uh, not on the stage, if you're if you're sitting in the seats. Um, for me, it's a, a lot easier to focus on worship if you don't feel like so many people are looking at you. Hmm. And when the lights are dim, that helps a little bit. Um, and then one of the things that, I, that I've always loved on stage, I love this from the first time I walked into 12. It wasn't my idea, but I, I'd like to think if it wasn't this way, I would have suggested it at some point um but if you haven't been to 12th before there's a huge cross right in the middle of our stage right behind the uh, drums and between the two screens and you just can't really walk in and not know what's at the center of what we do or at least what we want to be at the center of what we're doing at 12th um because there's i mean yeah the our picture of jesus is is in front of you and so um that's what we want to point to that's that's what we want to be about so that's kind of the reason that we that we choose the things that we do. Hmm. You kind of already answered this, but I've written down, so I'll ask it, and you can either say I've answered that or we can expound. But why do we, sure. why do we choose the songs we do at twelfth, and, and kind of what does that process look like? Oh yeah, cool. Um, so some of the songs we choose because they're they're topical to what we talk about on a Sunday. I think that um, a worship a worship set on Sunday can stand by itself if it needs to, but it's probably a lot better served connecting with the sermon so that we can kind of all be going to the same place, right? If I choose four of the like coolest songs, they all fit together and they're all about um, gratitude. And then Garen gets up, he's like, guys, we're going to talk about sacrifice this week. It's like, <laughs> okay, cool, but let's tell the same story, right? right let's, yeah, yeah. let's allude to the same aspect of God's love for us. Um, and so 
a lot of the reason that we choose the songs that we sing on Sunday is to make sure that we're on the same page. Um, that we're really, uh, it's, it's the same reason that stories and movies go so well because they, they're pointing one way there. Sometimes there's a twist and all that stuff, but really we're trying to get to this. We're trying to get home. Home is one point. It can't really be a whole bunch. Hmm. Right. So that's why we choose the songs that we do on Sunday. But as for the songs themselves, we want them to be familiar to, um, the church here topical to, to what's being talked about, but also really singable. Um, there, there are plenty of songs that I think are awesome worship songs that probably wouldn't work well for our setting just because they're huge and require a lot of production and strings and uh, a thousand electric guitars. And uh, that's, that's not really who we are. And I don't think it's really relatable to our setting. And so um, we also key things. We, we put songs in keys where it's more singable for more people. Um, if you were to sing them in the key that you hear them on the radio or that they were originally written in, a lot of times they're pretty high and um, people can't keep up with that. And that's a kind of a recipe for people not singing. And so hmm. trying to find keys that people can sing in, in songs that are familiar to them and, and point to the same place that we're trying to go. On. So there's, there's a lot, what I'm hearing is that there's a lot that goes into not only the, the kind of song we generally want to sing at TBC, but then specifically on Sundays. And I think sometimes it can feel like, oh, this is Rob's favorite song, so he's going to sing it today. But in That's reality, right. it's like there's a lot of, of prayer and thought and collaboration that really goes into the, the songs. Definitely. So. Yeah, some, some of my favorite worship songs will never find the stage on Sunday because they just don't fit with what we're doing. Right. And that's it's not about personal preference. It's about helping people to connect with God. That's yeah, what we're here for. That's good to hear. Very last thing, Rob. You know, the people the people are blowing up my Twitter right now. I'm looking at it. and Okay, nice. Pe- people have noticed a difference, acoustically speaking, yeah. uh, between mustache and no mustache Rob. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah, cool. There's actually a small movement on the internet right now to bring back the mustache. Okay, it just, nice. It sounds better. Okay. Uh, yes. So I just want to put that out there to you and, and mm-hmm. just just let you know that I'm team I'm team mustache. You're on team that stash. One. Okay. Cool. Team stash. So thank you. I don't know if that does anything to you or not. But. It, you know. You know. In fact, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I I report to a higher power, uh, Shay, and so right. No, uh, the the mustache we just did for a thing at work. Um, I don't think we're gonna do it again oh, this year. Oh man, greatest month of my life though. Oh, brutal for me. <laughs> Uh, We had a good time with it, though, for sure. Rob, thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you for answering questions, for just being at 12th, man. We appreciate you and the work you put in. And um, it's just cool to know you and get to worship with you every week, man. So thank you so much. For sure. And likewise. Yeah. Hey, if anyone has questions about stuff like this or Mm -hmm. follow-up, is there an email they can reach you at? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tell the people how they can reach out to you about stuff for a follow-up. Yeah, sure. So the the easiest email to reach me at is my church email here is robert at 12thavenue.org. 12th is 12thavenue.org. Yeah, if if you've got just something you want to talk with me about, if you're interested in helping serve, whether it's uh, whether it's on stage or in the sound booth, we would love to have more people in the sound booth who are um, who are gifted at that, um, who have that ear for music. Maybe they don't want to be on stage, but they can uh, arrange things properly. Man, I would love to talk with you. Um, but yeah, Robert at twelfthavenue.org. Cool, Rob. We appreciate your time. You are the guest here, so give us the last word, Rob. Talk us out here. We're we're wrapping up. Okay, last word. Um, hey, thank you guys for listening. If you uh, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, on where do you put this out, by the way? Do you uh, put it on we, Apple? Apple, and then also the church w- website as well, yeah. Okay, get, get some more subs because that's very helpful. Um, <laughs> no, but truly, if you're listening to this, uh, I appreciate your heart in 
in trying to learn more about why we do what we do as a family and we value your, your collaboration in that. We want to learn, like as, as someone who's been on a church staff full-time for a while and then part-time here, um, there's nothing more valuable to us than, than learning where our church is at and, and wanting to collaborate with them. So uh, we want to hear from you. We want to talk to you. Let us know what you got going on in your life. Very cool. Rob, thanks again, man. See you, man. Wow. So much good stuff in that hour with Robert. I hope those of you listening at home came away with something useful as well. I know that I did. Uh, I think the point that's going to stick with me the most is when Rob talked about letting intentional worship change us to the point that we begin worshiping unintentionally, where where I'm so engaged with God uh, that it actually starts to affect me even when I'm not intentionally engaging with Him or quote-unquote worshiping. It just reinforces the truth that anytime we encounter God, whether it's in worship or in His Word, um, that we always leave changed in some way, and that's so cool. Well, thank you guys for tuning in, and thanks one last time to Rob for stopping by and being with us. So appreciate it. We hope this has been useful for equipping God's people. Um, Hope you guys have a great day, and hope that we see you here next time.